welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Today I'm here with Tia from the Tia TX YouTube channel. Uh, you may have heard of her. We've done a collab a few years back and I'm excited to have her here today. Tia, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me back on the channel, Ryan. Um, as you said, we did a collab two years ago now and a lot has changed since then. So it's been a while and it'll be really cool to catch up. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear about what you've had going on um, with regards to like your online business. And I mean, hey, if you want to talk about, you know, what else has been going on in your life, too, I mean, feel free to share. Um, it's great to reconnect, though. And so how's business been like? How was 2023? Yeah, sure. Um, so just introduce myself quickly. Um, I'm an Etsy and Shopify seller from the UK. Um, I first started on Redbubble and then moved on to sort of Tee Public and then started on Etsy. And now I'm on Shopify and Amazon, which hopefully Ryan will give me some tips on Amazon because I'm quite new to that. Um, I'm also a part time YouTuber. So I just sort of share my marketing experiments online as well. Um, I've sold on some of these smaller platforms. I think I'm probably more known for Redbubble and Tee Public. That's all from work that I've done years ago. I'm no longer actively uploading on those platforms anymore. I can talk about why later, but essentially it's just um, I wanted to focus more on branding. Um, so yeah, Etsy is my highest revenue platform at the moment. I, I um, My record last year was in December. I did 29K in 30 days. So I'm trying to top that this year. Um, and yeah, that's who I am and what I do. Um, did you want to talk about Etsy tips specifically? Yeah, and uh, it's impressive that you did that while like being you know <laughs> a med school student, right? Are you do you share that publicly? Um, yeah, I've shared it before in a few videos. Um, it is quite, it is a little bit stressful at times because I'm trying to balance traveling as well because they put us in different areas of the country on placements in hospitals, essentially. Um, so just balancing that with running the online business is uh, always a struggle. But yeah, yeah I enjoy it. That's super impressive. Uh, I know it's something that, you know, most people, if not everybody watching can relate to. So first and foremost, guys, I'm going to have Tia's channel linked at the top link in the uh, description. Make sure to show her some love. Go check out her content. Uh, Tia, do you mind just like speaking to just a little bit like how you do find a balance? Because I, I mean, I'm impressed by the numbers you hit, you know, last that was just last month uh, while also, you know, doing other things and prioritizing them, I'm guessing, over your Etsy shop. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, I definitely had a record year last year. It wasn't typical because um, I've been selling on Etsy for about three years now. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about the tips later. But essentially, I know that Ryan, you um, started a business as well while working your day job. And I think that it's kind of unrealistic for people to like to expect them to quit their day job or school or whatever and go straight into online business. So I think it's very much the same way that you managed that I did is just um, prioritizing what you need to get first and then when you have extra time putting that into the online business or side hustles or whatever um, and then once it gets to a level of income that can replace or even sort of outpace your current income then that's when you decide more to focus on time on it if that makes sense um, so I didn't really focus that much time on it at the beginning. I was doing sort of very passive things like Redbubble and Public, which um, you can really just leave it and forget it. But then once I moved on to Etsy, you definitely need to put more time into that because that requires fulfillment. And um, I started doing a lot of custom products as well, which um, 
yeah, so that needs to be fulfilled and I need to make custom designs for each of those. So um, I definitely had to put in more time last year. Um, so it's really just seeing where the money is and just following it, basically. Um, that's pretty much, yeah. No, I love that, though, as a uh, probably like an underrated tip is for people just to never forget why you're doing what you're doing. Like this is like the internal monologue that I have with myself. I try to never lose sight of that. And my journey has been a story of like what you just said, like, where is the money? Be respectful of that. If your goal is to make money, you know what I mean? Cause some people I think get lost in that. Like there are people who like probably make like way less than minimum wage selling like on Etsy and stuff like that. And it's like, if that's not working for you, maybe try something different or try a complimentary approach. You kind of talked about Etsy plus Amazon and Shopify and yeah. Um, yeah. I just, those are some really great insights. Cool. Thanks. So did you want to talk more about Etsy or you want to um, maybe, I mean, I know most people who watch my channel, like I, I, I teach the complimentary approach to print on demand where I don't just mm -hmm. want to be Etsy or just Amazon or, you know, just Amazon merch or anything like that. I want to do like kind of all the above and find a happy medium to, to push all of them at the same time. Um, do you want to speak to kind of like how you're balancing them all? Yeah, sure. So I talk about Etsy first and then how that relates to sure. other things. Um, so what I've been selling on Etsy for about three years. I first started selling on Redbubble, as I said, um, and then I decided to move on to Etsy because it was more, um, well, Redbubble was kind of as a public company going downhill at that time as well, um, as I'm sure you know, but I wanted to focus more on branding because um, essentially on Redbubble, you're the customers aren't really your customers, if that makes sense. Like you don't have their email addresses or their contact information. Whereas on Etsy, you can actually see who the customers are and build a brand from that. And then that can lead into things like um, Shopify. And then what I do is like put brand inserts into some of my packaging so that people go to my Shopify store instead of buying from Etsy. Um, so that was really the reason for the switch. Um, but yeah, essentially what I did differently on Etsy last year was focus focus more on profit. So I calculated the shipping prices to um, look at sort of fit each country better because before I was selling, I was doing decent volume of sales, but not really having as much profit per sale. Um, but I wanted to focus on that last Q4 and that definitely worked for me. Um, another thing was looking at the data a bit more rather than doing all the niche research. Like I'm still doing niche research, but it's definitely decreased a lot more compared to just doubling down on what's worked for me if that makes sense so um i would say like when i started it was about 80 20 sort of 80 focusing on niche research and just experimenting testing what kind of designs worked um whereas now it's flipped the other way around so it's definitely more uh, looking at my data my analytics from my dashboard and um google analytics is really good as well because it shows you what pages people are clicking on more um, and then taking those keywords and making different designs or making, uh, like if it's a fixed design, I'll make a custom version of that. Um, and that's been working really well for me. And I think that's what sort of helped me scale to um, over 10K a month, you know, 29K a month last year. Um, a lot more custom products. So I had a few custom products when I started, but it was more the fixed design stuff that sold at first. Um, but now I'm noticing that the custom stuff is starting to sell a lot more. Um, I'm not sure if that's because the sort of fixed design stuff is becoming more competitive over time. But yeah, I'm definitely focusing more time on custom products now. Um, 
outsourcing and, as well. That means so, personalized. Sorry to cut you off. I was sorry? just curious. Just to confirm, that means like you do offer like the personalization. Yes. Yeah. Custom, just to, okay, cool. It's not a massive personalization. It's like, you know, someone filling in their name or a date of an anniversary or something like that. Um, it's just a small sort of low effort personalization. Um, and another change that I've made is outsourcing that as well, because I noticed when I was doing those big months in uh, December, I noticed that um, it was getting to like 50, 60 orders a day and I just couldn't handle it. So I had to get someone else to help me with that. Um, and I've talked about that in my most recent video. I just got someone on Upwork to um, just help me like edit designs on Canva and then download them and put them on the print on demand products that need it really. That's awesome. Well, congrats on scaling to that point where you took on, you know, some, some part-time help. And uh, can I ask like um, when you in involve somebody else into your business, like mm -hmm. <laughs> to me, like with like kind of a IT, like cyber background, I'm always like, I, the first thing is like red lights flash, like make sure that this isn't like a bigger risk than it's worth. Like, are you able to kind of integrate them into the workflow without giving them access to your Etsy account? Like maybe you can just add them as a user to your Printful account, Printify account, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what I've talked about in my most recent video is the security side of it. So obviously, like looking at their reviews, checking that um, there's no red flags in their reviews. Obviously, you can see all of that on Upwork. And then when I hired them, um, I don't let them into the back end of my Etsy account because that it can get you suspended immediately. Like I don't. Um, these are all people working from different areas in the in the world. So it's like Pakistan, the Philippines. Um, so I definitely don't want to let them into the back end of anything. Um, what I do is I, you know, the emails that you get from Etsy when you've made a sale. Um, right. I have made another email that I forward those to. Um, mm -hmm. So they're both Gmail accounts. And then I let the VA into the back end of that second Gmail account. So they don't have the um, original Gmail account, so they can't log into my Etsy account, but they have the forwarded emails. And then um, I also give them the, password to my Printify and Printful accounts so that they can match up the customer information um, to the designs, basically. So that's how I do it. Um, I really did have to design a system where they don't have to enter the back end of my Etsy account for security, as you said. Nice. Yeah. I'm always, I always get curious. That's like the first thing yeah. that pops in my mind. I knew somebody who was like one of, if not the top, um, like kind of wall art and mainly mm -hmm. posters, Etsy seller in the UK, actually focused exclusively on the UK market. And um, okay he he had like hired some VA and like the VA changed his bank info on the Etsy account to try to get paid oh. out to his own personal account. Yeah. And Etsy actually just like froze the account and like locked him out of it. So it was kind of good yeah, and bad. Like, actually, it's kind of bad and bad really. <laughs> yeah. No, I've heard of some VA horror stories really just like even Shopify sellers like VA scam scamming customers and things like that. So yeah, always check the reviews um, and always try and add them as a user. Like don't give them the actual password and bank account access, I guess. Yeah, and also take their time. ID. Yeah. Spend yeah. as much time as you need to, to like learn how to like give uh, the restricted rights, you know what I mean? For whatever it is like Shopify, et cetera. I think that's great. Advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with Etsy, I guess the other thing that I, I think when people start like they may, whether they knew you or not, now they're, you know, getting introduced to you and your story, your recent story, recent success. I know that kind of the question hierarchy usually involves next if you don't mind sharing, like, are you now specifically a niche shop, like one niche or, or very like kind of micro niche down, or are you just like, whatever is selling, you just kind of offer it up. So as I said before, um, 
I sort of split my time 80-20 and now it's flipped to 80-20 the other way with me doubling that are working for me so I can some people come to my shop for um but it's definitely not like a single niche like just one niche um there are a few sort of miscellaneous products that I have from just testing earlier on that are still in my shop that sort of people just buy here and there but I would say it's about five or six niches that people specifically come to my shop for um and it's yeah I would say about four products as well um that I mainly sell in so um I do sell a range of products I don't just sell one type of product but I think they make sense so I have variations um and they are either different sizes or just something that makes sense like a coaster and a mark nice um, yeah, I was looking at, I did an Etsy shop review today. I actually just wrapped my Etsy mm -hmm. shop review series and, um, it was episode 100 and I said, after 100 episodes, I'm done. But this oh, shop, nice. uh, was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was a Christmas ornament shop and they had done over a okay. thousand sales in just a few months. And I was like, damn, you know what I mean? And it's just interesting how like one product type that's non-standard, I guess you could say, um, can really kind of vault you to that next level pretty quickly, but yeah. then now they have to figure out what to do, you know, in, in the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause ornaments, they sell really well in Christmas, I'm sure, but throughout the year, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. They don't have any other product types. What would you say to that person? Yeah. If you had like, if without seeing the shop, like they had two bestsellers and, you know, probably a, mm -hmm. a couple hundred products, but like, now what do you do? Like, what do you pivot to for the next like eight months? I wouldn't say to pivot, like if it's worked for you, then it's going to work for you again next year, but also add in some products that make sense, like mugs and um, maybe like gift cards as well, gift wrap, because people are buying ornaments as gifts, right? So that would definitely make sense for you to add in. Um, and it could be a bit more evergreen than just ornaments. <laughs> nice. Um, and did you, do you mind just like, if I ask about Etsy ads, like, is that a big part of your strategy or uh, do you forgo using them? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, so before um, I made a video that um, sort of got like a good amount of views. And in that I was like, I was showing everyone how I wasn't using Etsy ads. So it was all SEO, it was all free traffic and I was keeping all the profit, which is great. Um, but since then, a couple of people, I've been talking to them and they've convinced me to use Etsy ads. So I tried that out. Um, I did also try it out with my digital shop, but I didn't really like the results from that. So I did continue using them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am currently using Etsy ads and, um, it's been okay for me. I think, um, I'm currently getting about $3 profit back from, uh, what I'm spending. So I feel like that's okay. Um, even yeah. though it's sort of just break even or my, maybe slightly less, but the impact that it's having overall on my shop is, um, boosting my organic sales as well. Um, yeah. And it's been a bit of trial and error with the Etsy ads because I noticed at the beginning, um, I just had like 10 products and I was doing $5 a day and I wasn't really making any sales. Um, and then I noticed that the keywords that they sort of rank the ads for, um, there was too many keywords that weren't relating to my products. So I went in and switched those off. Um, mm -hmm. and that improved the results by marginally, but not that much. Um, but then I basically waited. Um, and then once once each of the products got to 100 clicks, if the ROAS was below two, I would just kill the ad and then get a new product in. 
Um, and now I've got, I've tested to the point where I've got 10 products that I'm pretty happy uh, with, about the ROAS with. So I'm just going to keep increasing the price. I'm up to $15 a day now. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see where that goes and maybe I can make a video out of it someday. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to see that video. Um, for me, mm -hmm. like I've had a uh, kind of a love-hate love relationship with Etsy right. ads where I loved them when we could set our bids. <laughs> and yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'm like a dinosaur for even talking about that because most people that see this probably don't remember that. And then they they killed that one day. And all of a sudden I had I had like a hundred dollar a day budget set like set because mm -hmm. I was like, well, my bids are capped. If I ever spend that much, I'm gonna be making so much money. And a couple of weeks went by and I didn't even notice it. And they were spending like 60 70 bucks a day and just wasting oh, my money so yeah but um at a minimum for me like i i like to make sure that i enable ads on whatever is selling like whatever you know what i mean how things kind of rotate um whatever is like generating sales now i always want to advertise and i'm not trying to say i'm the utmost etsy ad expert i love talking to people like you getting people's opinions but the way i see it is like somebody else is gonna like overtake my organic placement by running mm -hmm. ads if i don't run ads so i can at least like split the visibility with him on the ad spots and hopefully run up their, you know, cost per click <laughs> at my own expense. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that definitely up. makes sense. Um, for me, I found that there's some products in my shop that sell well just because I've gotten a lot of traffic to them. So they'll sell well anyway. Um, but then there's also some products that sell um, with a high conversion rate. So there's not that much traffic has gone to them, but they've still made sales. And those are the products that have worked best with Etsy ads, I think, because even when I... Um, because the 10 that I chose initially to start my uh, $5 a day on was um, just the best selling products. But then I noticed that some of them didn't sell that well because the actual conversion rate, even though they've made a lot of sales, the actual conversion rate wasn't there compared to the other products. So yeah, maybe that's something you can try as well. Speaking of conversion rate, do you ever try to like, uh, like offer maybe multiple products in one listing or multiple designs in the same niche in one listing? Kind of like, uh, Steven at hello custom. I, I feel like he probably was the one that talked most about that publicly, uh, to kind of boost your conversion rate by just offering more options in that one listing. You mean like variations or like pairing up products? Like it could be one, one design on maybe four or five different products or mm -hmm. like you can literally, it's a lot easier to do on like a Christmas ornament or something that just has the one yeah. product type and maybe putting like four different Christmas designs in one listing just as a, as a skew, like, so in the drop down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do that with um, some products. So I've, I do variations of one design on different products, such as like, you know, a mug and a coaster or different sized mugs basically. Um, and I also do ones where you can have a different design um, like a birthday one, an anniversary one, or like different colors of designs. Um, white and black mugs work pretty well as well. Um, but yeah, I found that works well, especially because it helps decrease the actual um, price that customers see in the marketplace. So if you have a less expensive product paired with a variation of a few more, like more expensive products, you can show the more expensive products as your main image, but then the price that the customers see are still the lowest uh, price product. So they'll click into it and getting the click is like what you want. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm completely for doing that. Like if Etsy didn't want that, then they could easily fix it, but they, they yeah, are exactly. the reason why. Yeah. That's yeah. the game that like they optim they designed, you know, and we just play the game. Yeah. Uh, so how does uh, Amazon like kind of fit into the picture here? And when you say Amazon uh, uh, seller central, right. Or, or Amazon merch or both. 
Amazon Seller Central. So I've been rejected from Amazon Merch quite a lot of times. Um, I've just reapplied recently, so we'll see where that goes. But um, for now, it's Amazon Seller Central. So I've uploaded a few products just under generic, um, but I'm trying to get brand registered. So um, the thing about getting a US trademark when you're not a US citizen is that you have to get an attorney to help you with that in the US. So I'm currently working with this law firm. Um, the problem is that my brand name is quite, I didn't think that it was similar to any other brand name, but then when they search for it, they always seem to find something like in any class of trademark. Mm -hmm. So I'm on my third search now and each, each search is costing me like $175. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm just hoping that I can find a class at least because what I want eventually um, like my eventual goal for this is to have the brand name on Etsy and on Amazon so that when people search for it in Google, they can find my Shopify store and then become one of my customers, essentially. Um, but then if the brand name is sort of similar to another one, I don't want to risk that not that trademark failing, essentially. So um, I'm trying to just test different classes and see if they can find a class which is uh, which my brand name isn't conflicting with um anyone else's brand um but it's yeah it's i'm still waiting for the result on the search unfortunately yeah it's uh it's crazy i had a family friend who's like a trademark lawyer and he quoted me a thousand dollars to do mm -hmm. the, the trademark research just the research and i was like dude you're like a family friend um, quoting me a thousand bucks to go to the uspto yeah. website and type this in like that's so <laughs> So messed up, but he's, he's rich. I don't think he wanted the work. Honestly, he invented like, <laughs> I won't even say, but he invented like something they use in the NFL basically. So he's like, Oh wow. But um, He's not going to see this video, but shout out to you. You know, who you are. He helped me. I used to be a kicker, <laughs> but um, back to, back mm. to why I was saying, like, I actually registered my first trademark for a brand registry in 2017. And it doesn't, it did not even matter that it checked every box in terms of like, it, it wasn't related to anybody's brand. As soon as the number one retailer of the product that I had been selling on Amazon for five years decided to jump on Amazon, I got a I got a letter from this like really expensive law firm saying that they were gonna sue me because they didn't like my uh, my registered trademark. <laughs> and I had no I had no option but to I mean I hired this lawyer who was a good guy and like didn't yeah. overcharge me to just waste their time for like over a year, basically. Right. And I kept selling my products for over a year and then. I literally at the very end, like basically had to wave the flag, but I still sell these products on just under a different brand. And uh, yeah, I don't want to hijack the conversation, but like, it was just one of those things that's just like. No, that's oh. interesting. Like, was it because your brand name was too similar to theirs or was it just the same product? It was that it like, it, we're both multi-word brand, multi-word names. Right. And mine had one word that they thought was representative of their products. So you know, uh, it didn't really matter. They just weaponized the legal system and the fact that they had more money against right. me. Right. You know, yeah, that's very unfortunate. Yeah. And I mean, so many people sell these products, yet I was yeah. the number one seller. So I'm probably the only one that heard from them. Right. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love your strategy though. I mean, what you just said too, uh, just to rewind, like you want the consistent branding across all marketplaces in case somebody remembers your shop on Amazon or on Etsy, mm -hmm. they do a Google search. And hopefully they find your Shopify store where you're going to have the biggest yeah. margins. Yeah. And you That's can run Google strategy. ads as well for all like the different variations of your name as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and how is, um? can I just ask about the email list? Were you peeling the emails mm -hmm. from Etsy and adding them to a list that you could remarket to uh, for Shopify? 
Um, I'm not doing that at the moment. I think there's a little bit of risk in doing that in the fact that if somebody sort of, if it's customers that you know and trust will not like report you or anything, it's probably fine. But there will be some customers that are like, oh, why did you use the, my email for this? And then that might put your shop at risk. Um, that's just the thing that I'm aware of. Um, but obviously, if you could do that, that would be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Everbee email tool was like really impressive how they put it together and it was compliant with everything that Etsy allowed. And okay. Etsy people had been doing it for people have been doing it for years. I mean, there were mm -hmm. other tools that were just probably less popular that were doing it for so long and not probably not even truly adhering to the rules. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get like Everbee finally launches their tool. And I mean, a bunch of people I think were talking about it. I know I did a video and I loved it, how they set it up. It was compliant. It made Etsy customers opt in. <laughs> And if they didn't opt in, it wouldn't add them to the separate list to, oh, to market. Okay. It was completely compliant. And then Etsy just said after like a month, they just said, uh, we don't want you guys doing this anymore. Yeah. I saw that email that from Etsy that was like, um, we won't let third party apps take emails from customers or something like that. And um, that was a bit strange. Yeah. They waited to do it when somebody like invested all that time and money into doing it in a way that was compliant. Yet all these other yeah. tools, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been doing it for for literally years, but um, it's just I guess it is makes what it no is. sense. <laughs> this is why Shopify though. So um, yeah, exactly. How how is Shopify and Amazon? Do you want to just talk that before we wrap? Yeah, Shopify is doing all right. Um, it's mostly customers that have bought from me before, and then I've put in the packaging insert, so it's like get fifteen percent off at something dot com, um, and then they go to the website and buy again instead of from Etsy because they see that the prices are slightly cheaper. Um, Amazon, um, I'm obviously hiking Amazon for the moment because I'm trying to get brand registered. Um, I believe you get some benefits with brand registry, but I want to um, sort of hold that off until I actually get the brand registry first. So I have a quick story. Like I got mm -hmm. a uh, trademark for basically like my POD brand. And by the time that the trademark went through, because you know how it takes like a long time. I did not use the um, IP accelerator that Amazon Seller Central offers that can kind of mm -hmm. expedite the brand registry. Uh, I had like my my dad and my sister are lawyers. So I just had them do it as like a birthday present, but it took like, you know, nine, 10 months or whatever. Okay. Um, by the time it was live, and this is already, I had published a bunch of products. Like I had probably over a hundred thousand products. And I was so worried that like, if I brand registered the brand that they're under and anything in their system is wrong, like, it, it doesn't like, you know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't recognize like them and me and them yeah. being the same, I was like, oh my God, it'll undo a hundred thousand products that mm -hmm. I've manually pushed. So I literally just never used it. So I just own this trademark that I've never used. Well, it never in a useful way, I'd say. Yeah, I know. Like Amazon is very particular about things. Like they're not like Etsy that will just ignore you, but they do check like every single letter. Like even when you're signing up to Seller Central, if like your name doesn't match the name on your like passport or something then it, it's, it just denies you so yeah I guess that is one thing to watch out for yeah I heard that was because when they like opened the doors up to seller central like officially to just mm -hmm. like the whole world that like, the, the opportunists that jumped on like right away like there were just so yeah it's got to be a lot scam. of scammers going on there yeah exactly. yeah it was insane so it was kind of crazy for like a year year and a half um mm -hmm. just everything you know as a seller you would get met people abusing the buyer seller messaging, trying to scam you people running up ad bills on stolen credit cards, just crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. And then, so, yeah, so the, I guess, so a big part of your 2024, um, 
approach is going to be to really focus on establishing a true brand, you know, and that's like, that's never bad advice, right? That's always going to be good advice to establish that brand identity, build a relationship with customers and, you know, and from an SEO perspective, obviously great advice. Yeah. So is that, uh, is there anything else that you uh, want to share about like what you're working on this year uh, while also, you know, doing the other thing that's incredibly impressive with uh, med school? Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm just trying to sort of graduate and get through the exams. Um, probably hire some more people as well because um, I've already hired four people and um, I'm looking for another one just to like split up the different jobs. Um, and a lot of people have asked like, why do you hire so many people? It's not like it'll be four times the amount of money that you're spending because you're splitting up the jobs between different people. So um, just outsourcing a little bit more. And so it takes up less of my time basically. So I can actually study. Um, but yeah, just expanding, um, growing the Shopify, growing the Amazon rather than trying to rely on Etsy, because as we all know, it can just shut you down at any time basically. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I can definitely get behind that. And, uh, oh yeah. Walmart too, by the way, that was something I did last yeah. year. Um, that's worth doing How's in my Walmart opinion. Going? Okay. I just, yeah, actually I did not, I did not release the video, but it's, it's going to drop probably Monday of next week. Mm -hmm. Um, and depending on when this video drops, actually it already dropped most likely, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but my Walmart, uh, sales report. So last year from nothing to something. So from zero products listed, um, I made, I think it was like a hundred and right around 150 sales total and, okay. uh, about 800 and some dollars between eight and $900 profit. Okay. Uh, and that was also with like, you know, the initial integration was only through Printify and I list a lot of hats for sale on Amazon. So I just easy. It was like pivot those to Walmart yeah. and then Printify stopped selling the, or stopped fulfilling the embroidered hats. Their, their production partner stopped. So I literally manually pushed like who knows how many hundreds easily. Wow. And then I just had to delete all of them. So like that was also really kind of not working in my favor to, to do mm -hmm. that for a big Q4, knowing that those are like my most reliable product in terms of like less competition too, you know, cause I also list yeah. a lot of apparel and I had to delete all of them ahead of the fourth quarter. So like, I don't know what, you know, my numbers would have been, that could have easily doubled it. Um, yeah. but now with, with the printful integration, I'm just literally like, I hate doing things manually. I wish there was a better way. There probably is, but there is throttling on Walmart. So you can't just like fire up merch Titans automation and, and run it all day. Uh, it'll, okay. it'll stop you. So, yeah. So Walmart works, not like Amazon merch on demand where, they have the products already, but you have to connect Printify and Printful to it essentially. Yeah. It, but it, yeah. what's cool is like, it's, it's really the same thing of just like being in Printful or Printify and just pushing products. Yeah. The customer service I've found to be very like much less than Etsy, okay. um, probably akin to Amazon. And, um, the biggest thing is just like, they want your product shipped out very quickly. I think you, mm -hmm. you can apply for a UPC exemption, which you have to basically do. And then a lag time exemption to extend the handling time. Um, but I, I still think it gives you like five days, which sometimes, you know, our production partners can go over that. But for what it's yeah. worth, I've never like felt like my account was going to get closed. You know, like I've definitely right. been over the five days before uh, a little too often. And uh, I still feel like everything seems like it's fine. So, yeah, no, that's good to know, because I know like when I set my production time on Etsy, I do five days just so it's like the customers see it but then sometimes it takes like seven or eight days and then sometimes it takes like two days or it's shipped on the same day and I'm like this is so inconsistent I don't really know what to put but yeah that makes sense yeah I would definitely extend it on Etsy I, I like yeah back in like 2018 I think like someone booked a call with me and they were 
doing like seven figures annually, like consistently, if not multi, it was this girl selling like jewelry and she had her whole, like, she had just a really impressive operation. Like literally she Mm -hmm. was like boots on the ground, sourcing like high quality raw materials, had the designers. It was like a legit ass business. I was like super impressed. And Etsy was canceling her account. Like they were kicking her off the platform because she shipped like five orders too late. Right. Etsy's just a joke when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. You have to keep an eye on it every day. It's so annoying, but it's just how it is. Yeah. yeah they'll let people rip off like Disney and the NFL yeah. all day. But if you ship like five orders late, they they don't care how big you are. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Cool. Well, um, thank you for spending your time. Like I know you're busy. Uh, we found no time worries. to do this on a Saturday. Yeah, Everybody watching, hit the like button. We recorded on a Saturday. We deserve that like. Uh, but do. thanks, T. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for having me on your channel again. Mm-hmm.